Hi, welcome to worship. And let's begin our worship today with a confession and forgiveness. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead to sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with the power through the Holy Spirit that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Almighty God, gracious Lord, we thank you that your Holy Spirit renews the church in every age. Pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep them steadfast in your word. Protect and comfort them in times of trial. Defend them against all enemies of the gospel, and bestow on the church your saving peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
A reading from Jeremiah. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from Romans. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For no human being will be justified in his sight by deeds prescribed by the law. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been disclosed and is attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. Since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, they are now justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood, effective through faith. He did, not, he did this to show his righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over the sins previously committed. It was to prove at the present time that he himself is righteous and that he justifies the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of boasting? It is excluded. By what law? By that of works? No, but the law of faith. For we hold that a person is justified by faith, apart from works prescribed by the law. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. 
Today is the day we celebrate Martin Luther and what he did to reform the church. Martin Luther was born on November 10, 1483. In 1505, he began his schooling to become a lawyer. This was his father's idea. He did not want Martin to become a minor like him. He considered the pay inadequate and the job dangerous. So Martin obeyed his father and went to the university. On one of his trips back to the university after a visit home, he encountered a horrible thunderstorm. Lightning was illuminating the sky and striking close to him. He was walking, and he became very frightened and started praying to God. He told God that if he got safely back to school, he would devote his life to God and become a monk. Well, he arrived back to school and did not go back on his promise to God. His father was not pleased, but Luther left the university and began his life in the monastery to become a monk. Life in the monastery was not easy for Luther. It was not the physical work, the time of silence, or the many disciplines he had to follow that he found difficult. What bothered Luther most was his feeling of inadequacy. He could not understand how a sinner like him could even think of becoming a monk. Yet he had promised God, and he would not go back on that promise. No matter how hard he prayed or how hard he worked, he was nagged by the feeling of inadequacy. He became physically sick as he thought about his sinful life, or what he perceived as his sinful life. The church taught the people that they must work hard to win God's approval and assure themselves a place in heaven. They must do many good works and pay money to the church so that the religious leaders would pray for them. The church was the go-between that connected God to the people. The church convinced the people that they needed to keep the church viable with their money if they expected to go to heaven. Their sins could only be forgiven by the church. Now Luther was troubled by this teaching. He saw people struggle with how to care for their families and still give enough money to the church. What bothered Luther most were the indulgences people were required to pay to get their family members out of purgatory and into heaven after they died. These indulgences were costly and brought hardship to many families. Luther wrestled with the laws of the church and what he read in the Bible. He read passages like we read today. What may have made him change his thinking are passages like the one in Jeremiah. From the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord, I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Or from Romans, for behold that a person is justified by faith apart from works prescribed by the law. Or from John, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. 
Luther realized that we are saved by grace through our faith in Jesus Christ. Grace is a free gift from God. Money cannot buy grace or forgiveness of sin. Jesus Christ forgave our sin when he died for us. Luther was suddenly freed from his fear of his own sin and wanted others to know what God had done for them through Jesus Christ. Now the church did not want Luther to preach the idea of being saved by grace. They did not want to lose their income from the people. They fought Luther. They wanted him imprisoned. Some even wanted his death. Luther rallied for reform. He did not want to leave the church. He wanted the church to change. Luther was excommunicated by the Pope, and it was then that he realized the church would never change. He left disappointed, and the Lutheran church was formed. Luther was never comfortable having his name used, but he was pleased to free the people from unfair oppression. Each year we celebrate Reformation Sunday and focus on Martin Luther. But Luther was not the only reformer. Through the years there have been many people who have pushed for new ideas in the church and new ways to worship. Reformation did not stop with Luther. I wouldn't be here today as your pastor if the ELCA had not agreed to reform and ordain women as clergy. Church reform continues today and will continue into the future. The church is not perfect and will never reach perfection. There are always ways to make the church more open, forgiving, and welcoming. As the times change and as people change, the church is challenged to find ways to adapt to meet the needs of the people. That is, if those in charge are willing to adapt and change. Luther ran into that problem. The leaders were not willing to change because they were reaping the benefits. People were giving to them in hopes of a better life after death. Never mind that what they gave monetarily to the church forced them to deny themselves many of their immediate needs. Today we face other challenges. Instead of people giving to the church, people are turning away from the church and finding fulfillment in other places. I don't think it's because they believe they are saved by grace and will be welcomed into God's heavenly kingdom, even if they don't attend worship. I don't think God's infinite grace has anything to do with their departure from the church. I'm not sure some people give much thought to life after death. They are happy with their life as it is, and that is all that matters for the moment. Others are very caring and give generously to people who are in need. They do this on their own and don't feel the need for the church to do good works. Some see the church as too focused on their own interests in keeping their buildings nice. They see the church as a closed community interested in themselves. People hear about all the suffering in the world and they wonder why the church is not doing more to help people. What kind of reform is needed now? 
What can the church do to appeal to the people who do not cross the threshold of the church building? Who and what are out there beyond the church walls that need our attention? Are we just as afraid to cross the threshold into the world as others are to come in? The church is always in need of reform. What can we do to reach the people? It can't happen if we are sitting in the pews. Maybe the church building is no longer viable. Maybe worship happens in the streets, not in a building. Maybe worship happens in different locations. Worship at a homeless shelter. Worship at a prison. Worship in the park. Worship in the home with a small group of people. These are only a few ways worship can happen. What are your ideas? What reforms do you think need to happen? Instead of worrying about filling the pews on Sunday morning, maybe we need to meet the people where they are. Luther was a reformer. He did a lot for the people. He spread the word that we are saved by grace through our faith in Jesus Christ. He freed the people to do good works for God, not to be saved, but to show God's love. What reforms can be done now to bring people to God? Let's keep thinking. God is counting on us to share the good news. All of us sitting here already know that we are saved by grace through our faith in Jesus Christ. But who else needs to know? Let's make this Reformation Sunday the beginning of real reform. Amen. Using the words of the Nicene Creed, let us confess our holy faith. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, 
the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and was seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. With confidence in God's grace and mercy, let us pray for the church, the world, and all those in need. Renew and inspire the church in the freedom of the gospel, O God. Where the church is in error, reform it. Where the church speaks your truth, strengthen it. Where the church is divided, unify it. Ignite in us the working of the Holy Spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As the earth changes, as mountains shake, and the waters roar. May we care for this planet as a holy habitation for all living things. Sustain all peoples and lands recovering from natural disasters of any kind. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guide areas of the world divided or traumatized by conflict, especially in our own land. Free all from slavery and human trafficking, and protect all who are in harm's way. Be with all those in military service and their families. May their ways be safe and their homecomings joyful. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Release those living in bondage from debts, chronic pain, or addiction. Grant your healing touch to those who are ill especially those with the coronavirus. And we ask you also to be with all the caregivers as they care for the people who are sick. We ask you also to be with anyone we carry in our hearts and those we name aloud. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In this family of faith, we give thanks for courageous voices who have remained firm in their commitment to the one who frees us from sin and death. Centered in your grace, unify us in the hope of the gospel. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Even in death, you free us and give us a place in your house. We give thanks for our, our ancestors who have shown us truth and freedom especially Martin Luther 
and those who work for the renewal of the church. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Listen as we call on you, O God, and enfold in your loving arms all for whom we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God.